Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. Listeners, this is Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. This is the Minds Gym podcast. I haven't been on in a while. Um, I uh, took a couple months off and then this COVID virus hit. And so um, we're back. I've got an amazing guest today. And uh, hopefully you guys have uh, been patiently waiting for the next uh, podcast to come out. And so um, here it is. Um, Today's uh, Wednesday. Wednesday? I believe Tuesday, Monday. What's today? Monday. Monday. I'm losing my mind. See what happens when you got this COVID virus. You forget what day it is. I was going through my calendar today and obviously getting ahead of myself. But anyways, um, uh, as as you all know that have listened to this before, I suffered from major anxiety and depression four or five years ago, and I found a, a way out. So I've also started this podcast, and I interview people that have had some hardships and and uh, um, and some difficult times and uh, going to discuss with uh, a young lady today that um, survived uh, uterine cancer and uh, a crazy divorce and uh, she's doing well and plugging away. I see her at the gym um, often uh, and uh, we both attend the tree house in Draper, Utah and I finally got her on here to uh, discuss um, her life and uh, what she's doing to um, keep on the straight and narrow. Um, I'm also starting a YouTube channel. So these um, podcasts that I'm doing on Zoom will be recorded, audio and video. So uh, I'll either have it under a YouTube channel under Brandon Bickmore or under the Minds Gym podcast. So I want to thank you guys for your support and uh for listening to the podcast um even since we've been off for two or three months there's been lots of people tuning in so we've got lots of new listeners so here we go here's um veronica malloy um she is like i said before is a young lady i met at the treehouse and uh so we're gonna listen to what she has to say today and i'm sure we're gonna find out some amazing uh, stuff about this young lady so how are you today veronica I'm doing good. With this craziness, I'm doing good. Trying to keep clean. Good. Um, I know you have a company in Draper. I assume you're um, not working right now. Nope. The state shut us down. So I'm just waiting for to open on May 1st. So how's that how's that going for you? Um, it kind of sucks because a lot of my clients they keep bugging me, asking if when I'm going to go back. And, well, I can't go back until the state says, yes, we're going to be open and back to business. But so far right now, the deadline is May 1st. And hopefully 
it opens up again. So, so you could get back to business. Mm -hmm. um, I know you are a fitness competitor. You're yes. um, huge in that industry. You're from Brazil, which I'll ask you in a minute um, about that. But how's your um, exercising going? Having to get creative at home since we don't have a gym to go to every day? Yes. So I do have a exercising room in my house and um, I have some equipment. I have a spin bike. I have elliptical. I have a treadmill and some kettlebells and dumbbells and stuff. So I've been very creative and Good. trying to keep myself busy and still hitting those targets. Uh, goals that I need to because once the country is back up again, I due to the this virus, I'm not going to compete until September. So, and that's hopefully September. Yeah, that'll be your next competition. Yes, because I How's have your... a world championship and that got canceled in June. So, oh darn it. So, how's your um, diet been while you've been home? Um. It's been okay. It's not been the greatest. You know, yeah. Easter was yesterday. Normally, um, I'm always prepping during Easter time. And this time, I wasn't prepping. So I got some chocolates and enjoyed myself a little bit more. Good. Good for you. Um, so tell me a little bit about your upbringing, um, Veronica, or I'm going to call you V because that's what everybody calls her at the gym is V. So tell us a little bit. You grew up in Brazil, right? Yes. And what was your upbringing like? Was a, I was, let's see, it's been seven, like I lived there for 17 years. So I grew up in a humble home where my parents, um, the focus of my life was education. And my dad was very, um, he was my, one of my examples in life. My dad graduated from a business degree and then decided to become, to go back to school and then get his master's degree. So I had him as my, my number one, um, pretty much in my inspiration to continue going to school and doing the best that I could. And when I turned 16, I graduated from high school early. So that meant that I could actually start college. So I did a few years of college classes. Then when the opportunity came, I applied for a TOEFL, which it means um, it's an English as a second language course and then a test to see how uh, your English is to see if you could go and do, um, like go to school here in the United States. And that time I actually ended up going to BYU for a couple of years, just so I could actually um, continue my education on the language, because I want to learn English a little bit more fluently, so. Cool, good for and, you, did you, go ahead. Oh, and then I came here, and then I fell in love with the country, and then everyone back. <laughs> Do you have siblings? Yes. Um, I grew up with uh, two brothers. I'm the oldest. Um, we are just two years apart. Um, yeah, so two brothers that were super, super active. 
and it made me be very active myself because I didn't, I always like to compete. So I wouldn't allow my brothers to be best at, in soccer and stuff like that. You know, Brazilians are the best in soccer. So I did play soccer for a long, long time. Cool. You just play growing up as a kid or did you play in college or anything? No, I played as a, uh, as a kid. I did a lot of sports, but most of it just for fun, not for, for college or anything like that. Where are your brothers now and what are they up to? So my youngest brother is still in Brazil and he actually um, is moving to Portugal with his family. My my middle brother, the one in the middle, which such a hard time, such a hard thing being in the middle. He is here with me now. He moved to to United States about two years ago, and he really likes living here. So cool. And then, what about your parents? My parents still. They both are in Brazil. They um, they're older, so. English wouldn't come easy for them to learn the language. So they just decided to stay there. And how is your mom and dad and uh, specifically, and maybe your brothers too, how are they dealing with this COVID virus that we're currently experiencing? So I would say my mom is in the high risk. I guess my mom and my dad. And so they're doing the best that they can. They are staying home. Um, My mom loves to um, help ladies around the neighborhood as um, she works with Relief Society in the church. So she's really, um, really active on that. So she, and my dad is still in the stake presidency. So he is really busy, but because the church is definitely taking a couple steps back. They do, my mom is doing like videos and stuff like that, cooking at home and helping other women to be active and more productive at home with their family. Yeah, cool. So they're doing all right though, no issues. No issues so far. Nothing to worry about really. No. No. Um, what are you finding for yourself during these downtimes? It's a lot. It's there is a lot of confusion, and as much as educated you can't be, but there's the part of the politics, in, you know, behind of it where we are not really finding out the truth, or there is always something that it's been hidden, and it can be a little bit hard for all of us to being positive and my opinion is staying busy to not let your mind go too far with all this information we get. I'm, I'm all about retrieving information, learning more and more. And sometimes I needed to take a break and think about myself, do my exercises or even my, med- my meditation just to kind of help me throughout this time because otherwise we all gonna go crazy anyway so (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to get crazy (laughs) so are you doing a good job of quarantining and staying home and being a a good girl 
Yeah, I'm trying to be. So yes, see, I'm home. That's why we can <laughs> work us this time. <laughs> see, you had to be home so I could uh, nail you down to make sure I could get you on yep. the podcast, right? Get you to slow yep. down a little and not be so busy at work. I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. What do you do when, uh, for your meditation? What do you do? So I use a couple of apps um, that really kind of, I like to hear a background of ocean or something. And then I do a lot of affirmations. I have a tendency to write them down um, and then repeat out loud. I try to be, you know, I mean, it's always nice to be in a room where just you there so you can express yourself however you want to. Um, if tears comes down in that moment where you're expressing yourself, I think that being vulnerable at that moment is where I need. So I always tell my kid or my husband to give me a couple of minutes alone. Do not interrupt me. And yeah. I like to do that way. So a little bit of a nice music in the back and just saying out loud my affirmations. Cool. What are you enjoying about this downtime? Ah, this is this is actually something I I'm grateful at the same time, even though that sucks because I'm not working and I'm not there. But as I was telling you before, my daughter is 17 and she's graduating high school. And um that connection with me and her is what I'm loving it right now, even though that we have different opinions. We, she is super, super strong, but building that connection with her before she leaves to college, it's what, um, it has been in my mind a lot lately because she's my only child, child. And I don't know, I, I, I have been feeling super anxious in the beginning of the year because of the moment that I was coming where I'm going to have to say goodbye for her to take that step to the next part of her life. And honestly, I don't want to. <laughs> I want to kind of hold her here, but I know that I have to let it go. So those are, these are the moments where I actually, I am grateful to be able to have this downtime with her because she is taking classes at home and she goes to Waterford and um, she is absolutely busy from 8.30 to 3.30 p.m. every day. So, but we cook together, we are talking more and I guess that relationship is getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. Isn't that nice that you're able to have these few months with her of, of slow time to connect and hang out and cook. And I keep saying to a lot of people, it's kind of like the pioneer days. Everybody's just kind of hunkering down and you're cooking for yourself, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinners all at home. And we're normally exactly. running out and about and getting fast food and, and just to be home and, and hunker down and be with your family. It's, I'm finding it's amazing. Yeah, I, think, I think we're fortunate to be able to really just, just let the world reset and, 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 and chill out you know and just get out of our regular routines you know exactly. and see what it's like to not have to go 100 miles an hour every day so still a little hard for me 
because I do yeah. like to go a hundred miles because I like my life is all about um I, I don't like to go on my my reminders or my to-do list and check boxes, but I like a plan. And if I don't have a plan, then I get a little anxious. Like you know, like waking up a certain time every day, going to the gym, having that routine is really awesome for me. When I don't have a routine, I kind of get a little bit anxious because I get nervous. So I find myself a lot more um, looking for things to do besides, you know, sitting around and don't get me wrong. I love watching Netflix and stuff, (laughs) but I like to be productive and it drives me crazy. So, but uh, maybe you are being productive by being home. Yeah, that's true. I I am. I do feel productive. I have pretty much cleaned up all the closets and I have seven box, seven bags downstairs ready to take it to the eye whenever it's ready. <laughs> yeah, whenever they open up, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy what we find out when we uh, get out of our routine, huh? Yeah. I'm finding though it's almost like less anxiety and less worry because you get up and like there's nowhere to go. I'm like, oh, I just get up, check my computer, go out in the yard, exercise, go mountain biking. Like I'm liking not having a routine. Like I feel like that's more freeing for me, but yeah. But my routine hasn't been too strict in the last few years, but I'm just finding that getting up and like, oh, I don't have to do anything today. <laughs> it's lovely. You know? You know, I mean, where are we gonna go? I can go out in the yard, go to the backyard, you know, we shouldn't be shopping and whatever, but I don't know, I'm finding yeah. it's 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 been really neat to to have the thought that I don't need to absolutely be anywhere, you know, I mean, yeah, it's been, I don't remember the last time I stayed home all day, every day, yeah. you know, a couple of days a week. And, and now we're doing it three, four, five days a week, other than run the store, yeah, biking or whatever. It's, I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying it, <laughs> but it is challenging when you're a goer, right? You've yeah, a routine and you want to... with the personality that I have, I I do. I am a little bit of OCD type of thing, so I do yeah. get a little in. I I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. I love it at some points, but and then some days I'm like, what the heck? I need to be doing something. Yes, <laughs> but learning to be able to do nothing is a gift. Yeah. You know, I noticed that too. (laughs) Are you noticing your thoughts as you've been home for the last month or the three or four weeks? Yes, I have been very aware because remember when I think I've heard so many times that when you out there, there's so much noise Mm -hmm. that sometimes you get confused due to even what is in front of you that when, now that I've been home, there are some thoughts that comes in that things that I would think that um, were more inspirational decisions that I've made in my life due to being home and not having so much noise or so much, or so much to do or so much questions to answer or whatever it is. It's just, I've been a lot more aware 
of what's around me and what's going on with my thoughts for sure. Yeah. And do you notice they're just thoughts and those thoughts aren't you? Yeah. You realize that? Yeah. They're just thoughts and either we attach to them or we don't. Mm-hmm. Yep. And some are negative. Yeah. Some are positive. Yeah. Yeah. The negatives, I don't allow them too much because what you think the most, you're going to act the most. So either negative or positive. I try to keep the positive uh, there. And when I do have a negative thought or something that it's bothering me so much, I try to to be busy with something else or uh, think about things that makes me happy. Even looking at pictures in the moment that you are having those negative thoughts, I look at pictures and it, it immediately switches it because it makes you remember of what moment you lived in that picture that you took by it could be like the picture in the mountains or the sunset or whatever it is like last last week i had something like i was getting frustrated with all these decisions and all this um you know the politics and all the things that that's been going on us i went and looked at some pictures and it reminded me when i went to cabo for two weeks and i'm like oh my gosh i missed the sunset i missed the beach, I missed going and staying, you know, so all that, it changed it right away. So that's what I normally do for myself is looking at pictures. Yeah. It just changed my negative thoughts big time. Yeah, have you ever considered that you always have, you know, you have 30, 40, 50, 60,000 thoughts a day, but those thoughts come in, but they don't have any meaning until we believe them. Yeah. Not crazy. That's, yeah. That is definitely true. So they can either come in one ear and out the other, or else when we believe them and they created an emotion and we put some thoughts and feelings around them, then we start to believe that thought. And that's where the pain and the anxiety and the stress settles in is when we believe a thought that we're having and all that is, it's just a thought. Yep. Thoughts mean nothing until you or I put meaning onto them. Or actions. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So anyways, so tell me a bit. So you, let's talk about your life a little bit. You um, were in Brazil for 17 years, moved Mm -hmm. to the United States, got married, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, When you were, how old was your marriage? And then you had a baby. I was 19 when I got married. Uh I got pregnant when I was 21. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's, she was super, I mean, I looked, okay, we'll be honest with you. Pregnancy with me wasn't very nice in my body. Um, I was the first trimester. I was so sick. The second trimester I was, I was doing really well. And then the third, I start getting sick again, which I ended up having to be in bed rest for, for the last couple of months. I wouldn't do much. I mean, I would just go to the stores and come back and 
because I was, my belly was just exploded as big as I could. <laughs> and as much as I, I talk about this all the time, Danny was, my, my daughter's Danielle, she was 21 inches long and seven pounds and two ounces. When I was going through the whole entire process of being pregnant, I never, because I wasn't feeling so great all the time, I gained only 15 pounds. So I thought that this baby was coming like very tiny, like maybe three pounds because (laughs) I was so sick all the time throwing up and it was kind of crazy. And then when she came and she was super healthy and um, of course there were some complications after for me, but she was so healthy. And that's why I was super glad that the, the whole pregnancy was not as fun as I thought it would be, but, but having that baby healthy, oh, made the world to me. That's all I wanted. Yeah. So, and then, um, we, Steve at the time, my ex-husband, he worked a lot and he was super um, busy with his work and he ended up um, moving to Vegas or wanting to move to Vegas. And then I decided to pack everything and move to Vegas because of his, his uh, work was more there than here. Um, it was more a territory type of thing. So I moved to Vegas just because he needed to be in Vegas more than Salt Lake City. So, and then I ended up, you know, getting a job there, but I, I moved to Vegas just because of him. And then things didn't work out. We got divorced and in the process of getting a divorce, I got diagnosed with uterus cancer. And that was a little bit scary. I'm sure. So how old were you when you got diagnosed with your uterine cancer? I was 26 years old. Wow, you were young. Mm -hmm. So what was that experience like and how did you realize that maybe you need to be tested for um, cancer? What was the signs? Okay, so as much as people ask me that question and I wanted to be For me, this podcast, it will be to bring awareness of how important it is for each of us women to go to our doctor, our GYN, and do our pap smear. That test is what's going to alert everything. So I was just doing my normal routine every year i would do a pap smear and because i was working in the field as well i decided to make my appointment and went in and he did the test and then he said well um i will call you if anything comes up and two days later of course they called you know when they call something is wrong when they always say if we don't call your test is normal don't worry about it but if they call your test is abnormal so they have to test you again so they tested me again and it wasn't just uterus but it started on a cervical 
and then it goes to the uterus. And if you don't catch it soon enough, it can go to your ovaries. And as much as people talk about it, ovary cancer, ovarian cancer is a silent killer. Once it's in the ovary, it, you will have eight months to live. And um, I, I don't know how I was feeling so prompt of having my test that day. And I was very nervous. I don't know why. I think I was just going through my, my divorce, my heartbreaking and all the stuff that I had to deal with my life. And then when the answer came back, when the results came back, it was shocking to me. And after they repeated the test again, and then they said, well, it's the cells are just multiplying by the hour, by the day, we don't know that we have a couple of options because you're too young. We can definitely um, do what they call the lavage where they clean the uterus wall and then you just pretty much clean their, their, those cells. But if, if it comes back again, you have to do it again. So I just didn't want to have a, a doubt in my mind that that cancer was coming back. And when he, he told me either that or a hysterectomy, I said, I want a hysterectomy. I don't want to have a doubt in my mind that I didn't do the best that I could. So I want to get everything out. And they scheduled my surgery pretty much a couple of, couple of days later. And I went in and surgery was done. Um, stress level was definitely high. At that time, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my ex-husband. I just told him that I was having a surgery and I needed him to pick me up. <laughs> Are you me. serious? You didn't was, tell anybody. I just, I was, I felt, when you opened up your podcast, you said something about depression and stuff like that. That was my moment, I guess, because I remember wanting to be alone. Um, I didn't want to um, see anyone. And I certainly, I didn't want it to have the pity party, the sorries or understanding why my marriage fell. I just didn't want to talk about it to do anyone. So I, I didn't tell anyone. My daughter was four and a half, almost five. And I didn't tell her until a couple of years ago. <laughs> About three or four years ago, that's when she found out that I had the hysterectomy and I had cancer. So she didn't even know. I never have ever came out and told anyone about it. It's just because I wanted to overcome this. And that dark Veronica, I needed to help her. Because dark moments, we're all going to have a dark V is always going to be in the back of my mind but it's how i'm going to help her to overcome those darkness is what i decided to do so during that time 
it was kind of interesting. I was very, very, um, I felt alone because I didn't, I was stubborn enough that I didn't want to help. I didn't want anyone's help. I wanted to do it by myself. Don't get me wrong, there were dark moments where I said, life will be better if I don't exist, just so that way my daughter will, won't have to have these problems that we had. Me and Steve were just not communicating right, and we had a massive, uh, of, I think we grew apart, most of it. And when we grew apart, he just had his own life and and I had mine and I didn't want it to hurt to feel that the marriage broke or that she was I didn't want her to feel guilty or anything so I just told her that mommy's sick <laughs> mommy had a surgery but everything's gonna be fine wow. But yeah, not even my family knew. Not even my mom didn't even know about the cancer or anything. That's incredible that you could get through that and battle through that all on your own with nobody else to own shoulder to cry on. I mean, it's amazing. It makes me think too how um, strong and how incredible you are because we really only have ourselves to depend on. You know what I mean? And it's only the person you look at in the mirror every day that can really truly take care of you. And maybe you were sharp enough at 26 years old that you figured that out because you would experience some tough, some dark times you'd been through a divorce. And man, I've just realized for me, the only person that can really make me happy is that guy that I brush his teeth every morning when I look in the mirror, you know, and say, Hey, if you can't do it, nobody else can, you know? So that's, an incredible story you shared. I, I can't imagine going in for surgery and not telling a single soul, but I have a huge family and we're all so close. Like I can't even imagine like, Hey, I'm just running the hospital. See you guys in a day or two. Don't worry about me. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's a crazy story. It wasn't, it wasn't easy though. I, I just, I'm someone that, um, I hate being vulnerable and um, even though it's just because it's my OCD crap that goes on in my head all the time and I don't want to, I hate being um, judged. We're all going to be judged no matter what we do, um, good for good and bad, but I just, uh, I just didn't want him to stay with me or wanting to stay with me because of the situation I was going through, I, I think at that moment, everything was settled and done. Divorce was final, everything. And I just didn't want him to have or feel like he's, he needed to be obligated to me. And, and I, it was kind of interesting because during that time, I also had not because I didn't do any chemo or radiation or anything, but because of the stress, I start losing a lot of hair. Where one time I took a shower, I was just, it was just coming off like chunks and chunks and chunks of hair. 
to a point where I had patches, bald patches all around. And it was not even. It was just a big mess. stupid. And so I went and um, I had to freaking find a wig. Um, I didn't want to go outside because I felt ugly. Um, I didn't want to go to the stores. I went to work and come back. But I... It was just a time where I literally was alone the whole entire time. And I felt that there was nothing I could do. I just had to go through that moment. And when the depression hit me, I decided to do a few treatments where I would, I I had a a friend that was my, a therapist as well and she started taking me in and and that was the only place I would go I would go there and back home I'd go there and back home and it was definitely tough for me and to a point where it brought me back it was one day I women need to feel pretty no matter what we do we just needed to appreciate one thing. And at that moment, I couldn't appreciate anything. So I started going to the store, to Nordstrom. And I asked the makeup, any makeup. I would choose from MAC to Bobby Brown, like any of those. And I would sit there and I would say, hey, um, can you guys do a makeover today? And they said yeah so i became friends with some of the ladies and every tuesday 3 30 i would go over there and they would put makeup on me sometimes i look like a clown because because <laughs> they would put so much makeup on me you know <laughs> and i am so not into the makeup thing i mean i i'm a makeup artist but i don't like that cake makeup on my face so anyway, so I would just go in there and have the makeup and I would go home and that's what would bring me back because my girlfriend kept saying, you need to do something for yourself. I don't know what it is, but you needed to find that thing that is just you. And I did. And every time I would come home, I, I felt pretty. I'm like, oh, this girl did a really good job of my cheeks or she did a really good job of my eyes or my brows. So that's what um, it brought me back is knowing and loving me again, the way that as hard as you could love your own kids, I learned to love myself again. It was silly just with stupid makeup, but I had to learn that lesson to love me again. So, wow. That's pretty um, amazing that you found some ladies. It sounds like some dear friends, right? Although they yes. were makeup ladies that worked at Nordstrom's gifts, angels. Yes. That showed up at Absolutely. the right time, the right place to help yep. you find you. And yep. even if it was just a little makeup, but even them just caring enough to say, hey, yeah, V, let us walk through this journey with you. Yep. And then your friend that was the therapist, how fortunate to have such a wonderful friend to chat with, you yeah. know, discuss, converse with, and you know what a 
Oh, what a pretty neat opportunity. Did you, when you got diagnosed, was it right after your divorce? Yes, it was. So did you even tell your ex-husband that, hey, I'm going in for surgery, or did he not know either? So he knew that I was getting surgery. Mm-hmm. He knew that I was, that I, I told him I was getting a hysterectomy, but he didn't know the diagnose. He did. He had no idea. He just thought that because for years when I was married to him, I had very, very strong periods where I would be in pain for two days, like lower back and very bad cramps. So I, I've done multiple tests that would probably, they were trying to figure it out why I would be in so much pain during my period. Because people, since I was a kid and my very first period, my mom said, because I was in pain and she goes, oh, when you have a kid, everything's going to be fine. Well, I had a baby and it was four years later and this, this cramps and never would go away. So we tried every test, every, even laparotomy. Like we, we ran with the camera there just to fix, make sure that there is no endometriosis or anything like that. So in his mind, when I said that I had a, that I was having a hysterectomy, the hysterectomy for him was more the fact that they probably figured out what was my symptoms of having very bad periods every month. Gotcha. So he never knew about anything else. Wow. That's amazing. When you had your hysterectomy, so did they remove your ovaries and your fallopian tubes also and so, your uterus? So they removed my uterus, my tubes. They left one ovary. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Because cool. I was 26 years old, so I need those to, to not be 50 or 60, you know? Because yeah, I would... Sure. I would just age so fast or my hormones would be completely out of whack. And so. Well, you've sure aged well. You're 39 (laughs) years old, right? Yes, absolutely. And you're doing amazing. You're doing wonderful. So what do you think when you look back when you were 25 or six, when you were diagnosed, um, I often ask cancer um, patients, people who've had cancer in the past, what do you think brought that on? Like, can you, th- can you think of a specific anything or what was going on in your life that possibly caused it? Or do you believe it just showed up? I don't believe it just showed up. I believe that because I am, I internalize a lot of my stress and I, I do work with my stress and I try to let it, things go, but always a little bit of, I always leave some behind. And I think the amount of stress that I was going through at that moment, and even things that I honestly, so personal that I can even, um, share because that was something that I can even because it's not it doesn't involve me 
it it's somebody else's story but as a human and when we come into this world we come and we formulate families we have families we belong to somebody and sometimes choices that people make they do affect everyone so some of the stuff that happened during that process i'm not kidding i think the dark the dark times that i always say is of a period of six months a lot of stuff happened that um and others choices affected us me my husband my ex-husband my my daughter the entire family that i was just just packing a lot of these things that i couldn't release all at once so i think for me my body has a tendency to hold on to a few things and for me even when i i had the surgery what brought me to the health freak that i am today is because i started releasing some of those things by working out and helping me to become um this person where i will have to let go because i don't have a space inside to hang on to those things mm. so those things were not just magically appeared in my life i think i brought upon myself because the amount of stress that i was going through yeah that's what it seems to me as i've talked to people over the last few years that it's usually stress that causes our body to get out of whack you know i often talk about the mind you know the body follows the mind if the mind's clear the body's usually clear but when the mind gets confused and starts believing and buying into all these crazy stories and these crazy thoughts the bat the body starts to malfunction your organs don't work properly you know the liver struggles the digestive issues and everything follows the mind i believe you know so that's that's why doing this emotional mind work is so key and so crucial to get all that off get it off your shoulders because thoughts are heavy i mean if you keep stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and stuffing eventually you'll blow up like i did five years ago or like several other human beings and where you just you can't do it another day so so yeah it's it's um pretty interesting to hear that you were sounds like you were very stressed out up until the diagnosis which probably played into that partially i would assume we can't know for sure anything but but our minds and our bodies are pretty smart usually we know the cause of our issues if we're willing to look at it you know sit yeah. look at it you know sure. it doesn't just happen it seems to me so um after the diagnosis you kind of moved on and how did you change like what changes did that bring on how did you i know you're doing fitness competitions which i'd like to talk about and um you're very famous in the uh, fitness world um you've won several competitions um but how did uh going through that process how did you change your diet your eating your exercising what do you, what do you start doing emotionally for yourself like what was the big turnaround after the deep dark depression the dark hole you're in what what started the ball rolling in a onto a better path 
Okay, so after I had the hysterectomy, I was about to one, and this is talking about numbers for some people that don't know me, we probably don't make sense to them, but it makes sense to me because numbers for me, it's everything. Um, even when I work out, numbers are everything. So I got to a point where I was 148 pounds and I was eating tons of crap after the surgery because it was my emotional eating. And I came across a part of my life where I was just not healthy. I, I started to have zits all over, especially around my chin. Um, so I started going to, um, there is a gym right next to my house at the time. So I started going over there just for a couple of walks or something. And then next to the gym, had a healthy, a healthy food store. And um, I went over there and I did, they called the muscle testing. And they did a bunch of tests on me where they found out even things that I never talked to them about it. They knew where the cause was. And I, I immediately decided to take a test where how, to see how acidic your body is. And I started reading about it, tons of it, uh, how to alkaline your body, um, to do all this change. But when you go through it, there's so much information out there that for some people are, it is just overwhelming. Like even for, for those who go to the gym and they rather do classes because they are told what to do, then rather them doing their own workouts because they get confused, they get overwhelmed, they get so tired and they will give up. So I did the acidic test and I was six, no, 5.0 on the acidic level. And to be alkaline, you, you need to be above eight. So I was really, really um, concerned about that. So of course, if the cancer cells were in my body, it meant that the cells were mutating on its own to become acidic. So I immediately start drinking alkaline water. I start eating vegetables, which I do not like. <laughs> I am from Brazil, but for heaven's sakes, I hate vegetables. Especially <laughs> in the United States, there's the asparagus, and I hate asparagus. <laughs> Oh my gosh, asparagus sucks. It's the most awful. Like, and some people love asparagus. I can't stand asparagus. So I started eating um, lots of vegetables. I, I would chunk it down because I hate it, but I didn't do it because I knew it was good for me. So from I did a three month, three months um, cleaning my house, my body, and I started doing yoga. I started doing saunas. I started drinking the alkaline water to kind of boost that um, alkaline. And um, three. it took three months. For a whole month, I would pee on this stick that would tell how acidic you were. 
and mm-hmm. I was yellow, like always, never green. I was like, what the heck? I'm doing all this work. I'm spending tons of money because to be healthy is expensive. I'm spending mm-hmm. tons of money. And I'm like, I cannot figure it out why I'm not doing or why it's not changing. And so I, I kept going and I gave myself, I'm like, okay, I gave a 12-week program to myself. And just because a month passed by, it's not a 12-week, it's a four-week. So I still had to push it until the end. And once the 12 weeks hit and I could not believe it, I cleared all my acne that I, I had all done here. I was completely alkaline again my hair starts to grow. I still have a couple of spots here and there, but those are, I mean, I, I don't think they will ever grow back again, but I still have, I have hair. This is, I mean, I'm, some of it extensions too, just for the fullness. <laughs> I like the top. I mean, like I have hair. So, yeah. um, my skin changed. Um, my hormones, like I was, I wasn't sad. I was happy. I was, um, uplifting and mm-hmm. I think it was it was a change where I I needed the most and when I did that everything just fall into places I found my husband that I am married to and it's been almost 10 years um we um the first year I started working out like a crazy woman and start building the muscle. And remember, I don't have a lot of hormones to play on my side that naturally helps me like the testosterone and all this stuff doesn't play because my, my hormones were all whacked up because you know, the hysterectomy and I start building muscle and, and all with food, like, I learned a bunch of stuff about how to eat right to, so you don't have to take medication and all this stuff. And then I start taking, going back on history of my family and seeing what, what my family traits are and what cancer is in my family, or if there's a heart disease or if there's whatever it is. So I start working really hard to find those gaps that I didn't fill it in before that now I am like, I can go back. I can, it's the best choice I ever made for myself is to bring a Veronica that didn't exist before. And today, don't get me wrong, there are days that like, just where we we started this conversation, there are days that are not easy, but I have to say most days are pretty damn awesome. Good for you. And I think we all do with that, right? We all have our good and bad days, and it's just how to weather the tough ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a thought, too. You talk about OCD, and we can talk about this at the gym when we get back together, but did you know <laughs> you can get you can get rid of that in about an hour? Uh, I don't know. I like to be a little bit OCD. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying you, you, OCD, here again, it's just another thought. It's not true. You oh, don't have yeah, OCD. You just believe you do. But yeah. you ever want to question some of your OCD behavior? Um, you and I can sit down for an hour and you'll be amazed what you find. Okay. Because you, you literally can get that to just settle down and go right away. Okay, perfect. Simple. Absolutely. So 
okay, so you start working out, started eating good, and then all of a sudden this led to I'm going to be uh, Miss Fitness and I'm going to go win a bunch of competitions or like, you know, I mean, you went no, from cancer to sad in a dark hole and now you're on podiums. No, I just, so when you start working out and you know what you're doing, which normally not a lot of people know, but when you start looking good in the mirror and you're so proud of yourself, you started to wanting more. So a person at the gym at the time, a guy approached me and I used to work out with my husband at the time. And, um, he approached me and says, V, you should do a competition, man. I mean, your frame, what you've done to create this body of yours, where there is a frame to it, you, you pretty, pretty much done so well that you should just step on stage and see how would it feel. I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the poses are. I don't know what to, I mean, I have to walk in with a heel that is too high. And I love tennis shoes. I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I can fake walking in heels, but, but I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't know. I never done this before. So this guy start you know, letting me know the competitions around and when we're going to be and stuff like that. So there is different leagues everywhere, multiple different ones. There is a couple where I love the most because they get tested naturally. So I'm not just a bodybuilder where um, I just go on and compete and don't have a normal life. Um, I actually do have to get tested every time I compete. So it's pretty pretty much it's intense because there's no shortcuts. I can't just say, hey, I'm gonna do a competition in four weeks. Uh, no, it's a 12 week to 16 weeks prep. So it, it takes a little bit of time to get there. So I, my first competition was in 2011 in September. And I went to a natural competition in the league called NGA, so natural bodybuilding. And, um, and I took third place in that competition. Wow. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I made podium. I mean, I made at least top three. And then after that, um, two weeks later was a different league. And I'm like, I'm going to sign up, but who knows? I mean, I'm ready. I mean, just might as well just do it. So two weeks later, I went and did this competition. And this one, I just not just won my class. I won overall. I'm like, wow. dang, this is awesome. So I kept, for the whole, for five years, I was competing outside of the state. I was doing really well, like at least either winning first or second first or second and and then all of a sudden I decided to do um they called the IMBA which is the um one of the the biggest on the natural leagues of natural bodybuilding because I, when I got myself into all these different leagues that I did different organizations they some are so strict and some are not. And when I started doing a different league that I looked awesome, 
but I was not big enough for for what they were looking for. I I couldn't understand the reason why. And I told my husband, I said, for me to do this competition, I have to increase either my size, but my size naturally cannot increase because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, women takes, it takes a long time to look or to build muscle for a woman because we don't have the dominant testosterone in our body. You know, it's more for guys. And I was like, I can't do that. And I'm not going to feel any less um, of an athlete next to a a competitor next to me, which we look the same, but her density of a muscle mass is completely different than mine, but we look the same. So I started looking to different leagues and I quit one league and I went to another. And that year I won my first competition where I was the best in the world. And since then I have done really well for myself. I've gone to different countries. I've won Italy. I've done Czech Republic. I won Greece last year and this year was Romania and they cancel Romania, but I've done really well where everywhere I go and this organization, um, I made a name for myself where they know who V is, you know. Um, it's really interesting where I, when I, last year I was in Greece and I decided to just, after competition, I decided just to go to a gym just to work out. And there was this guy that kept following me and I'm like, what the heck is he following me for? And then I asked him, like, is everything okay? He goes, you, and he didn't speak one word in, in, in English. He spoke only Greece, uh, Greek, and then he goes and shows me the phone, and he goes and says, look, look, and he had a, a full video of me walking on stage the year before when I won, oh, so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so fun, so I inspire a lot of women who had had what I had, cancer is not an easy thing, um, and I inspire women who have kids and they have their busy lives and still get up and do what they have to do to be successful. So, yeah, it's amazing. From cancer to podium, who would have thought? Uh, I would never have thought that any of this ever happened to me. Little 25, 26 year old girl and where she's at now. Yeah, 10 years. It's- Ten years later, this year is going to be my tenth year. Good for you! Incredible. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about um, your you you were raised LDS mm-hmm. in Brazil. I was ten years old when I, when I had the missionaries in my house. Yeah. So um, I assume you are still LDS. Yeah, I. There yes are some. No. Yes, I am, but there are some stuff that questions me, mm-hmm. and I have my own hard times with it. So not that I am not, I am. And for me, I believe that my relationship with God is the most important thing. Um, religion is important. It, it helps me. 
but there are some stuff that it's it's there's that dark and there's that black and white but then there is that great line that sometimes grace for me is a little hard for me or either one or the other and gray sometimes confuses me so yeah cool um if you could have a conversation with god what's two things that you would ask him Ooh, this is gonna be a tough one for me <laughs> <laughs> i told you you don't have to respond you could think about it for a second no i know the answer but it's, oh okay it's, it's just um still a little bit something that hits deep inside um why we have um why blacks were so discriminated in the old days why we why blacks could had to be slaves had to be mistreated because i am black and sometimes going back to my history some of the stuff that i go back to it hurts so bad so that is one of them okay um i can hear you for sure it's always going to be something some crazy that, times yeah it's always going to be something that that answer i'm probably going to have to have when yeah. the lord is right in front of me and i get to ask him those questions yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't and, it crazy um, that that just because the color of your skin you would be judged differently? Like that's shocking in this day and age, and I know it probably still happens, and it's still um, a, a difficult situation at times. But isn't that shocking that somebody just because they're a little bit tanner than another human being gets treated differently? I mean, it's, I it's just a soul care. that picked a dark suit to show up in, you know. Their yeah. meat suit was just a little darker. Like that's the only difference. Yeah. Picked a tan suit instead of a white suit. Big deal. <laughs> and for me, as um, growing up, I always knew. I never knew about the difference between black and white. I thought everybody was one color. There was no difference. Growing up in Brazil, it was one of the most. Um, it was great because my dad is full, my mom is half. So of course I am three fourths. So let's say I am full black, but because my my mom being half and my my grandpa my grandpa is um, German, German. So of course I pulled the German side, but growing up and not knowing the difference, and then coming here at that age and seeing a lot of stuff that even here that brought me to to my knees to to where I had to ask I said I need to know because I don't want to be you know we know stories we know history we know history on the church and um I honestly don't believe that some of the stuff that has been written or has documents on it, that those things were true or I am part of that group. To me, we are human beings. We have a heart. We, if I cut my skin today, if you cut yours today, right now, 
blood is what is going to come out of it and there's no color so yeah. for me it's just all these things going on around us i always have one of the biggest things i don't discriminate anyone i don't talk i don't separate it between black and white or whatever race is i just think that we are people and we just need to be fair to each other and love one another so. yeah i agree with that especially hope we're learning more too that we're all connected here especially during this pandemic what we're currently experiencing right yeah it's like we're all just human beings and we're all experiencing the same thing we all have the same thoughts yeah you know we'll give give human beings a break be less judgmental be more kind yeah that's what the world needs more of especially at this time um thanks for being so honest thank you and so emotional i don't know if you planned on crying today but no i didn't so that's why i didn't have any tissue <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're doing an amazing job i just want to it's it's what you know I, I run a group i don't know if you know that but we um, I run a free group every week and or every once a month. We're doing it on on uh, Zoom now too. We just started last month. We didn't know what we we're going to do, but it worked out. But it's just so neat to listen to human beings be honest, be vulnerable, and really share how you're really truly feeling and not hide behind the mask. And uh, you're doing an amazing job, and I appreciate it. Yeah. So you had one question you were going to ask God. Did you think of? Did you have two or just one? That's, that's that's your just, big question i just, just have one. one yeah it's a great question that's what always yeah makes well, it me, doesn't it doesn't oh, everybody has an answer for it everybody tells me their answer it's just not the right answer in my head so I it. you know some people wants to tell me you know like when you don't agree with something and they wanted to share because they do feel the blessings or they understand why. I don't think anyone can tell me. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe in the future I will be able to, but right now, and this is years of this, I don't think I will ever have a, an answer until I see my savior again and tell him, okay, can you explain that to me? Because that's mm. a little tough for me to get. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't. So next question. Um, when you uh, arrive at the pearly gates, what would you like God to say to you? Welcome. I want him to be proud of me. Yeah. That's all I want. Cool. He is. You've had a tough journey, tough road, and you've made it this far. Who wouldn't be proud of that? Oh. <laughs> you've done an amazing job. Um, here's a tough question that some people aren't sure about. So obviously you believe in God, right? Mm -hmm. Does Satan exist? Oh. And, is, and is there a hell? Yep. Yes? Yep, I do. He has power, man. He is powerful, and we cannot ever underestimate him. 
and why do you think that Satan exists? Okay, so let's go back into um, my history. <laughs> um, so growing up in Brazil as a third world country and um, people that live in Utah, they don't have the experiences that the world is so much bigger than what they think they are. So um, going to Brazil and living in a third world country where there is a lot of poverty, there is a lot of um, people seeking that higher level of, um, like they, they want to believe in something. And I don't know if you guys, the word in Portuguese does not, it doesn't do the greatest translation to the word in English. When, it, when people talk about voodoo and stuff like that, in some countries, especially in Utah, most people have never seen it. Most people have never heard anything about it or um, heard the, the, the stories of a spirit possessing your body and all this stuff, you know? So when I was in seminary, when I was growing up, and one thing that really talked about in seminary, I think it was uh, Alma. Alma talks about a lot of this, not just preparing yourself to meet God, but he had a very specific way of teaching us to not giving us BS, but he would give us the straight line. This is the truth. This is what, try to go away, but it comes back to the same line. So in the scriptures talks about that Satan will never have or will never have power of your um of your thoughts and i kind of took a second because i have to be honest right so we have to to remember that we are responsible for certain things in life so what i understood and i took seminary then i went to institute on this um it talks about that the thought, just like you said, 70,000 thoughts could come in seconds, right? And they're in your head. But Satan, he has studied us so well. He knows our body temperature. He knows how, what makes us happy, what makes us sad. He has done such a great job of knowing because we lived with him that those thoughts that comes in, even though that could be an influence or could be a moment of your life, and the action, of course, is his power. Because you took the you took the thought in, you elaborated. He is very, very powerful. And that's when the action uh, is the execution of the the the, the thought. So, like I said, he is so powerful, and I don't underestimate him. The confusion that he puts in my mind, all the things that he wants me to believe that I'm not. Fear, scripture says multiple times, if you have faith, you should not fear. 
that is because it's the truth. It's right there in there. It's those words I will never forget. Um, the prophet repeats those all the time. My sweet, sweet, sweet Thomas S. Monson, he used to say it all the time. If you have faith, you should never, you should not fear. And that to me is one of the, the best way for me to live my life is always to think about that. Like right now with all this stuff going on and people thinking that the Lord is coming and all this stuff, let's be all crazy and stuff. And I'm like, no, this is fear. I have faith in him. He loves me. He loves everyone. This is for us to prepare, not to fear. So I do believe that he exists and he does. He has a lot of power over us if we allow it. Uh, gotcha. You're you're convincing. Me? Yes. Oh, sure. I just I just study too much and living in Brazil, I saw some really crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Then I was like, what the heck? What is this? So but yeah. Because cool. I saw a couple of things that I truly believe he does exist. Hmm. All right. I'm uh I'm uh I'm not I'm not sure I agree, but I love your <laughs> I love your um explanation. Yeah. Good for you. So tell me this. Um if you could um give one piece of advice to a child or somebody that you really care about, what what piece of advice would you offer to them? In this in in the situation where they're having a hard time, or? yeah, or just anything you could instill in your child, like what's one thing that you would want your child to really understand and really get to make her be successful on this planet? What would it be? I think, especially this age, as a teenager, these kids are very very entitled. They mm -hmm. don't know what services the meaning of putting somebody else's first I always tell my daughter to go and serve somebody think about what she could do to help somebody to bring a smile on their face to maybe tell somebody that she loves them she cares for them a small note some kind of um, small act of service for me that's what I would tell these teenagers so they can stop. They're, they're just, they're so consumed with themselves because they have so much time on their hands to think about um, their own drama, their own stuff that they become, they become the biggest um, enemy of themselves. So I think if they um, think about others, help others, that need of being, being alone, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Because they are not alone. They have so much in their hands. There's so much love. Some kids, of course, I would say there's some, some are not privileged the way we have our kids these days, but I think when the ones that I know needs to just serve a little bit more. 
Gotcha. What's, um, what do you think an ego is? Your description of an ego. Ego. What's an ego? Oh man. And do you have one? I mean, feeling that you are invincible, that you're better than everybody else. No one can tell you what to do. Um, I think everybody has that ego. Everybody learns to either control that ego or because I don't think it's a bad thing to have anyway. I think it's, it just has to be controlled like anything in life. Tell your hubby hi. Hi, Kelly. It's Brandon. <laughs> Tell him I said hi. Brandon says hi, babe. He says hi back. Cool. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, ego. That was good. I think we do all have an ego, and it's uh, how do you manage that ego, I think, is the question. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, um, I think that little ego has a lot to do with your emotional state of being and how do you take care of that little guy or little girl and how do you manage it but for me i just have to question what it's thinking and believing often and then that little ego is mm -hmm. you'll get in the back seat and relax a little but when it's running you it can cause a lot of anxiety and depression and mm. fear fear yeah. fear is huge so um is there anything you've felt at in your life that really sticks out mm. I mean there are things in life that when you were growing up that you wish that you would have stick with it or not give up so soon because it was too hard um but I will be honest with you, I, I take life after all that happened to me from this, from that moment to now, I feel like it's just learning curves for me, but fa failing, I don't feel like I'm a failure or, or that, um, I failed in something. I take those moments where, let's say I didn't get the way I, something the way I wanted. Oh, you betcha, I'm gonna earn it next time. Hmm. So I just, I think failure, it doesn't exist in my vocabulary. Wow. Yeah, I love it, I just, well that's. If I want something, I'm just gonna work for it until it's yeah. done. That's Sorry. kind of where I'm going with it is uh, if you believe you've failed, it usually affects how you deal with things today, right? And mm -hmm. so really, I don't believe failures exist either. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah. It's just obstacles. It's part of the journey. It's exactly. part of your growth. Exactly. So failure doesn't exist in my vocabulary either, but it's a question I ask because it, it molds the person that you are today when you believe that you had some things not go your way as a child but it, yeah. it makes you the strong tough human being you are today right like yeah. your 
your marriage, for instance, that you got divorced, was that a failure? No, it was a necessity. Yeah, yeah, it was what needed to happen. Absolutely. So and no problem. I looked at, at, I got what I needed. I saw some stuff that I could have done better. Um, I could see some points and stuff, and that's what in my marriage now I I do everything that I can to never compare or to never go back to those moments where this was that way that presented itself at that moment when it presents it again how am I going to take that and I think communication will be probably the key but failure yeah I don't I think it was just it was just life I mean things happened and it's just, for me it doesn't exist that's why I don't that's why I don't believe Satan exists because every single obstacle put in front of us yeah, that's true. is, is God's doing. Yeah. So like this COVID virus right now is Satan putting this together is God put this in front of us. Yeah, yeah. So if you go through all these crazy experiences and you go through what we would call hell on earth, all those experiences made you who you are today. So did the devil put the crazy experiences in front of you or was it God? No, no reality. I don't think that I don't think the devil puts all those things or even the Lord puts those, those things. I think by the choices that we make sometimes I'm, I'm not sure if you, I mean, I've been around a lot of family members who have had either drug issues that for me is that moment where I think that targets us is the natural man because we are weak at a certain point. And if you don't turn those weaknesses into her, your strength, of course, there's always that. that that's the temptation right there. Mm -hmm. And like for people who are drug addicts or alcohol or some whatever substance, it's just winning that. And for me, I think that natural being becomes so weak that doesn't see anything, any reality or any choices above what they want at that moment. I think it's just the fact that just like we talked about in the scriptures and stuff that natural man is the enemy of God. I think that's when Satan has power over is that natural man. Everything else like the COVID, I don't think God or even Satan threw this on us. I think it's just part of our, um, trials right now it's what we needed to go through to overcome to adapt like who is adapting to this social distancing you know like every everything is more gathering and stuff so we are having to adapt even my daughter has to take classes online we are doing this over zoom so we're just yes. adapting to what life is throwing at us. But when it comes to our being, our weaknesses, ooh, that's a little strange for me. 
Very See, this is, yeah, that's, <laughs> that was very well said, but I, and this is just my own thoughts. Cause no, I no, think absolutely. I'm a, a crazy thinker, but I think we're all natural human beings. We all have natural desires and, and natural thoughts and whether you choose to act on or not, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a natural man, but my definition of natural is not the same as your definition <laughs> definition of natural. Because yes. I think we're all natural. Yeah. I know there's a different definition as far as <laughs> religion goes. But yeah. I know that we all share and have the same thoughts. So a, a, a natural man from an unnatural man, like I can't see the difference because that creates separation. And I just think we're all this one great, big, huge, massive family sharing thoughts but so it's hard it's it's hard for me to to um separate myself from any individual on this planet whether they're black white purple drink alcoholic abuser whatever it may be like i just think it's everybody's got a journey to go through here and and all their choices usually if they're listening and they're finding some self-awareness, they're just going to bring you back home to you. Mm-hmm. That's why you got cancer. That's why you got divorced. So you could find a better, brighter, more lovelier, kinder V. Right? It's all part of it. Yeah, and balanced. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so who do you most admire on this entire planet? Who's your... Not that we want to separate or pick favorites, but do you got anybody that sticks out that you really admire a whole bunch on this planet? And then why? Um, I will be honest with you. I love any stories of athletes and their backgrounds and but for me is, I know it sounds so silly, but Michael Phelps is kind of one of my guy that I, I've, I get super excited when he is um, on the Olympics. I love watching, I love to watch him focus and I mean, everybody has our, their faults and stuff. But for me, is the dedication, working hard. That's what I admired. Of all the things that were said about him and stuff like that, he still kept going. So I think any athlete in this world that had so many obstacles to prove it to the world why they're the best, I think it's what catches my eyes and my favoritism towards them. So cool. right now, I love the hardworking um, and the stuff that he has done for even Team USA for bringing the medals back. And so Michael Phelps, are my, he's pretty much where I look up to. Uh, probably for the sheer fact that he reminds you of you. I do. Right? I worked really hard for where I am today. Yeah. You and him have similar journeys. (laughs) No wonder you admire him so much. Yeah. 
you know when you're looking at human beings you're only looking at yourself that's all you're seeing is in them is what you see in you ever considered that that's interesting when you when you look at somebody and you judge them as we all do yeah that's true you're just judging in them what you like or don't like about you yep that's why we're all one because you're seeing them in your mind you think you're seeing them out in front of you, but you're seeing and you're processing all the information about them in your mind. But you're really just seeing you. But you think you're seeing them. And all they are is a, a reflection of what you see in yourself. That's, that's interesting. Oh, consider that. Yep. Something to uh, ponder. What would you do tomorrow if it was your last day on earth? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to skip that question? Did you say cry? No. <laughs> what did you say? No, nothing. I'm like, I'm pondering. You said too oh, pondering. pondering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought, I'm not sure you said something, but I wasn't sure what you said. No, I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay. So oh, you said, pondering. okay. Yeah. It's a tough one, huh? Uh, I, honestly, I wouldn't buy anything. I wouldn't take extravaganza kind of trips anywhere. Um, I would probably reach out to those loved ones, maybe apologize for things that... Um, that, I don't know, things that didn't go well or we didn't see it in eye to eye. But um, I think it's more loving and staying with your family. I think that's what I would do. Cool. The hardest thing was say goodbye to my kid. So yeah. that we should not talk too much about. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go there. Yeah, I are. I already <laughs> caused you to cry too much. I don't want you to oh. tear up anymore. But I do appreciate your tears. They're healthy. Thank you. Appreciate tears are wonderful. Um, what's the one small act of kindness that you'll never forget? That somebody did it to me, or did I do? Yeah, somebody? somebody, somebody that uh, did it to you. One small act of kindness you experienced that you'll never forget, where somebody was went over the top to be kind to you? This one is definitely... You probably have several. Yeah, your experience. Yeah. Think of one big one. I think it's for it's and this is I think it will come from the moment where I needed the most and honestly Kelly my husband was there for me he has always been there I mean he's always been 
very sweet, very attentive, very comforting. But he has definitely done so much for me as as a person where he has he doesn't think about himself but put me always first so for putting me first in his life like i could be here sitting down and if i'm cold or something he brings the 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 blanket for me like things like that like small things that always shows how much he loves me. So I think for me it's him because he has done a lot of things for me that I didn't know what love was or understand how that could be possible of knowing that somebody would personally think about somebody else more than they think about themselves. So... What's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Getting on a plane by myself, moving to the United States, going through what I had to go through to be where I am today. Cool. The best choice was living here and getting away, becoming, finding out who Veronica is made of. Lovely. All by myself, not with parents. Yes. Yeah. You're a pretty uh, fearless young gal. <laughs> Leaving young age and heading over to the United States. And also that experience of, of uh, holing up in the hospital all alone and taking care of your surgery without letting your loved ones know. It's really yeah. cool. What's your biggest fear on this planet? I don't fear of dying because that's going to be always something that people fear of is uh, letting is make sure that my daughter knows that she had it all that she can as me as a mom giving to her all the this responsibility of being a parent, if I fulfilled all of them, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. I don't want to regret for not teaching her certain things. So that will be my biggest fear is if I go tomorrow and I didn't get to teach her or help her or do the parent parents' um, obligations, I guess. Yeah. Good. I want to make sure you were that lovely, wonderful mother that loved her child and was there for her when she needed you. Think about this, too. Can we really teach our kids a whole bunch, or do they in charge of teaching themselves? I mean, the way I learn is to go or, or listen to others going through some problems and how do they come out sometimes those those teach me more Mm -hmm. and my my parents my mom taught me a lot and service and being kind to one another that was her number one message to me 
Cool. I think for Danny, there is not a lot that I could do or say much because she's 17 and she's going to go in the world by herself, right? So yeah, just like you did. And I have to remember everything's going to be okay. But I'm just hoping that I've done everything that I can. That's all. I just wanted to, when, when you asked me if I, when I get to the gate, I don't want to miss anything. I want to get it all done. I want to be able to say, okay, not, of course not. I don't think I'm going to owe it. Because remember the OCD part or perfectionist <laughs> part? Yeah. But I, I do. do be able to feel like I I've done everything that I could to yeah. help my kid and, and him being proud of me so yeah and just so you know you have done everything you can do for her because we only know what to do yeah. what we do right our toolbox is only so limited and so you use your tools to the best of your ability but you know you've done the best you can and that's nice to know. I've looked back at how my parents raised me and were they perfect parents? No, but they sure did the best they can. And that's all yeah. we can ask of human beings. Exactly. And I'm sure you're doing the same. So just allow yourself to sit in that. You, you're doing a wonderful job. You're doing the exact job you're supposed to do, good or bad. That's the perfect parent for Danny, the parent you're being. Thank you. So you can relax now. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're almost done here. So um, anything that uh, you want to discuss that I haven't asked you today? No. You're good? Yeah, I'm good. Do you have any questions for me? As we've gone through an hour and 45 minutes of discussion, anything you want to ask me? I would pro I need to go back into your podcast and find out who really Brendan is and your story. <laughs> well, there's plenty. If you go back, there's one yeah. where I interview myself. You can hear about my story. Um, I share a lot um, throughout the podcast. But yeah, my story is pretty interesting. You'll You'll enjoy it. Most people have so far, but yeah, I've uh, I've had a crazy story. I've been buried in an avalanche. I've uh, had a crazy, you know, up, my upbringing was wonderful. My parents were amazing, but I was just a crazy daredevil growing up. All sorts of injuries, and then I ran a few businesses, and then I just I had crippling anxiety when I was forty three five years ago, and I just couldn't barely function, was thinking about checking out and didn't know if I could live on this planet any longer. And then I found, um, I didn't even mention it, did I always do, but there's this lady named Byron Katie and she's created um, what she calls the work. And it's, it's just an exercise where you question those thoughts. You question what you're thinking and believing. When you question that ego and, and all those thoughts, you find out what's really going on, like you find out the truth because your ego makes up lies about all of your thoughts and your thinking. And so now when I have a bad day or a rough day or I'm off kilter at all, 
I sit down and I'll question my thoughts with her worksheet. And it's, that's what I'm saying. That OCD, if you sat with me for an hour and 90 minutes, what you would find from that OCD, you would literally feel like you lost a hundred pounds of, of emotional baggage would just fall right off your shoulders and it's gone. There's nothing like it that's ever been that I've experienced that can remove emotional baggage like one of these worksheets. It's a fascinating experience. And so that's why I started this too, is I, I really brag about her work a lot, like just what it's done for me, because it's literally was like a lifesaver for me. But it's allowed me to question my upbringing, my thinking, my thoughts, religion, wife, kids, family. And I don't even think like I used to. I feel like I've got a new mind in the last five years. So, and I do a lot of research. I do a lot of homework. I'm huge into nutrition and fitness and whatever. So I love like what you're doing with fitness and learning how to eat better. It's so important, especially through this COVID and this pandemic we're experiencing. Like you, you really got to love yourself enough to want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that means question your mind. That means learn how to eat better, eat your deep dark green vegetables, even if you like them or you don't put them in a blender. You know, I'm a huge fan of traditional Chinese medicine and getting herbs in your system to strengthen your immune system. So it's, it's, it's not, you know, um, struggling to fight off these crazy, you know, viruses and sicknesses and all that's going on. So I've just, and I've always been into nutrition and always been into fitness but now i'm really focused on the mind because i think it all starts here it all starts in the mind and then it works its way down so if you can really square up your mind your body will just naturally fall into this this um state that's just balanced you know and flowing and and my life's become so simple in the last five years i can't even believe it because the five years before that i was stressed out of my mind i could barely even carry on a a lovely conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I was, and I was nice and I was kind to my whole experience, but man, inside I was a mess. I just wanted to die every day. Mm-hmm. So, so it's been really neat to, to be able to go through this journey and find me, I guess. I lost myself and, and well, self-awareness is incredible. I will look back and find you there. And just yeah. See yeah. It's, the details there's, of it. there's lots to hear. So anyways, with that being said, um, any advice you want to share with our listeners and then tell them where they can follow you on like your Instagram or whatever, if they want to check out yes, your I'm, I'm um, on amazing Veronica Malloy, PMBA on Instagram. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, my advice is never allow I mean, seriously, keep pushing, keep working, uh, stay busy, mind busy. Um, I just think that sometimes we get caught up with all ourselves and all the thoughts, all the negativity. Take more times, times throughout the day where you focus on your breathing, you focus on yourself, focus on, on those thoughts to kind of turn them around to where you can put more perspective and let's be more positive because the world needs a little bit more positivity. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I'm going to share a little, uh, 
um, closing remarks here, but thanks for being so honest, so kind. You're always so happy at the gym. I don't know you well, um, but thanks for having a smiling face and thanks for putting yourself out there and, and, and letting the world know that, uh, you know, cancer's beatable and, and you can go from uterine cancer to being on top of a podium once you get your mind clear and set and have some amazing goals. So thank you so much for sharing. It's been a lovely conversation and a lovely experience. Um, so this is called the Mind's Gym Exercise. And the reason being is, is I believe in exercising and challenging your mind, body every day. So I'm going to leave every uh, podcast. I leave the listeners with something to do to challenge themselves daily or throughout the week. And so as since you're a fitness guru, um, uh, I've noticed I've been started mountain biking the last couple of weeks and uh, getting a lot of cardio in which I don't do as much at the gym, but since I'm riding and you ride pretty hard because you're going uphill, I've noticed the natural high that I'm getting from doing my cardio exercises. So the homework for the week is for those of you out there that, you know, we're home, we're stuck in our homes, get outside and go run and run like hard. Try to get that heart rate up for three to five minutes and maybe do three sets or, you know, three different you know, repetitions and really get that heart rate up and feel those endorphins kick in and notice how your day is different when um, you're living off those natural highs. And they're so simple. You can do it in your backyard, go do burpees, you can go do push-ups. you could go jog, but even as you're jogging, just go run a hundred yards as fast as you can stop, rest for two or three minutes, run another hundred yards. So today my mind exercise is, is go do some physical exercise. Go push yourself. And here again, love yourself enough to consider your diet, eat healthy, get some healthy, beneficial Chinese herbs, vitamins in you, and take care of that um, lovely mind and body of yours. So thanks again, V. You're an amazing young lady. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode of the Mind Students podcast, and thank you all for sharing. If anyone's interested, you can t contact me. You can email me at themindsgym at gmail.com or you can follow my Instagram page, which is the Minds Gym podcast or your turbo lover. So please reach out if there's anybody out there that's struggling, severely depressed, anxious, reach out to me. I always show up. We can do FaceTime. You don't even have to live in Utah. I FaceTime and coach people from literally around the world. And so feel free to reach out. And uh, thanks again, V. Have a beautiful day Thank and you. peace, everybody. Take care of your lovely selves during these uh, exciting and crazy and, and for some stressful times. Thanks, V. You're welcome. See you. Have a beautiful day. Bye bye. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us Just a stranger on the bus Trying to make his way